Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Jusko. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Today, we bring you the letter F wrap up. <laughs> it does feel ridiculous every time we do the introduction for the wrap ups, but Yes, we do. Much anticipated. (laughs) I know. I don't know how to present present it in a in a fashion where it's going to be exciting, where people are going to be listening, be like, "The apps wrap up." I'm so down for this. This is going to be unbelievable. Right, because maybe they've forgotten what they heard from the episode one week ago. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You guys remember Fifty Second Street? That was amazing. But yes, we are here to wrap up the three (laughs) songs in the letter F, which of course is you know one better than the Deeds wrap up. So we're doing pretty good for ourselves. And here we are, me and Alon Altman. <laughs> I appreciate that every seven episodes, you'll attempt to say my name the way I and say I for- it, and then you'll uh, go back. I forget how it's pronounced. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yes, and thank you for joining us. And well, let's just uh, start off with how great it was to see everyone at the live watch party about a week or two weeks ago after we finished the ease. It was really fantastic. Of course, the next day, starting with the the Fs, it was perfect. And it was just so, it was such a good time. You know, I was nervous that I wasn't sure if people were having a good time, but I've heard through Elon, I guess uh, he does all our social media, that everybody did enjoy it. Uh, you know, you're never sure yeah. when you're putting it together. We're putting together the clips. Elon and I are laughing at it. <laughs> and uh, we're like, you think other people will find this funny too? And I, I feel like everyone did. Yeah, because you can never tell. It's kind of like when you're doing a joke on stage and it's got a long setup and you're like, I can't tell if these people are into this or what, because like I haven't got to the punchline yet. And it watching a video with a lot of people on Zoom, it kind of feels like dead air. You're like, what are they thinking about this? Are they enjoying this? But everyone loved it. Uh, we got so much great feedback from everybody about it. They they said it was like a perfect balance of you know the videos and the live performances. I know Dave, you were confused. There was like an older couple that looked like they weren't very happy. That, those are my in-laws. They <laughs> when I found that out, I almost hit the fan that you didn't tell me. Yeah, there was. You know, this is the problem, folks. It, being a comedian, you fixate on the one person you're looking at that isn't laughing. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just the way it is. We uh, I have a friend named Greg Fitzsimmons. He hosted the porn awards <laughs> about five, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And this is a horrible gig. And this happens a lot. It's just that he told me about this. And then he actually brought it up on Howard's turn that Dave Navarro was in the audience and would not laugh and just would not budge and was just staring at him and hated him. And he was just like, I can't do this because Dave Navarro is not laughing and my eyes are fixated on the guy who just has this puss on his face. And then it was funny because they spoke to Dave Navarro and he was like, I don't like the guy and I don't find him funny. And I wasn't going to give him the, it's like, yeah, it's not like with your in-laws who were just like, what? we had a great time. What are you talking about? Um, It's, you know, he actually was really didn't like Greg Fitzsimmons, but it is fascinating. Ilan, I know you can tell, uh, the people, this is a thing. You're looking at the one person who's just not into it. 
You can't yeah, like, right. During the pandemic, you know, we did so many Zoom comedy shows and no matter how many people are smiling or laughing in their little boxes, like you see this one person who's just for a reason, maybe they're enjoying it, but they just don't realize that they're kind of on screen. So their faces look a little bit off to you and you can't help. And you see that more on Zoom than if you're doing like a live comedy show, because in comedy shows, usually the audience is like not lit up. They're all dark. You're lit up. You can barely see their faces. So it doesn't affect you as much. But I had like five people in my gallery window. And unfortunately, they were just there the entire time. I kept looking to see if everybody was doing okay during the videos. I was like, are people smiling at least? That's all I'm looking for. Uh, And everybody was, except for this older couple. And I was like, why do they hate this show so much? And then I find out it was your goddamn in-laws. I hate you so much. But they they loved it. Really, they did. And and, my my mother-in-law's to tell their faces. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> my mother-in-law's a musician so she loved hearing julian Villard play and she's from indiana so mike vecchione was doing comedy about his girlfriend who's from indiana so that also resonated with her so it was like the perfect show for them well it was funny and it seemed like everybody was enjoying it and god let's just talk about that for a second mike vecchione was great i think he killed it i'm so glad everybody was into it you know you're not sure how comedy is going to work on zoom and i think everybody was pretty pleased he was great he nailed it. I mean, that was such a funny performance. It's totally like the right topics to talk about. And uh, it really it was, you know, it was like kind of early in the show. And it, I think it was very entertaining. It set the stage for everything that we had later. Yeah. And then this Julian Villard. I'm so glad everybody was in the way we feel about him. Damn. You know, what about just the what he does with his foot pedal and everything? I know we were talking about it, but the way he's not just doing the foot pedal for the keyboards, but he's also working the video cameras with his feet while he's playing. I mean, what a gift. That's so difficult to do. He's got to be the most talented Zoom musician there is. Like, I've never seen anyone who has such a professional setup that he's got a multi-camera shoot in his own little room that he's controlling where you can see his hands from the overtop. He has like the... uh, the bird's eye camera, so you can see what he's playing on the piano. Then he's got this one that moves. And it's he's like directing on the dolly. it himself. There's no one else there. Yeah. It's amazing. And his music was fantastic. He played for us Allentown and My Life, and uh, they were just such great versions. I've listened to them uh, multiple times since then, yeah. his version. Yeah. Uh, the Well, we knew the Allentown was going to be great uh, after he just played those chords for us during the interview, so we were pretty excited about that. And then, yeah, my life was terrific too. I just, he just, you know, I said, play whatever you want, you know, even though I said, you know, just something through the A and E's would be fine, but uh, apparently he doesn't care about us at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <when we> said, <laughs> I know for, we had to pretend that we never had heard this song before. Well, at we... least it was my life and not something I had never heard from Cold Spring Harbor or Street Life Serenade. So I guess that's okay, but it was great. It was great. I mean, who doesn't like that song and just, you know, Anybody playing live like that, it's really terrific. And he he was really, really great. So I was pretty pleased about that. Yeah. And um, so that was all great. The videos I thought were fantastic that you edited together. It was like stuff that we've talked about on the podcast. um, But then you kind of like uh, did like remixes. So if we were mentioning like how this one thing was kind of like a Simpsons episode, you had like some combination. We also had uh, you had a cool. My favorite was the count of how many um, male chests there were. <laughs> right uh, in the Allentown video, shirtless right. men. Yeah, they took that off when we put it. Tried to put it on YouTube on the uh, unless if you wanted to watch it again, they made me take that off. Not the shirtless men, the entire video, like just. Yeah, for copyright you know, copyright uh, issues, issue, yeah. right? Because what we did, even though you know, so we had people who you know, uh, so much. We're, we're so thankful that we had these fans, these listeners who came on and you know paid to be part of the live uh, Zoom show. 
And if they did that, we also sent you guys uh, a YouTube link so you could watch it afterwards. So if we ever do another one of these again, even if you think you can't make it to the live show, get a ticket anyway, because we'll send you a video of it and you could check it out later. And that's right. only for you. Things. I, you know, but it's one of those things where, you know, I'm putting over the uh, blonde over blue, the shades of gray documentary. And then I put on a Martin short, Tim Burton. And I'm like, are people going to get this? And I think they did. I think they, they enjoyed it. So they did uh, you know. surprisingly. So, was but like, it is pretty like, obscure. <laughs> right. Well, it, it, this is my mind. I'm insane and I am obscure. So that's why. How can I not appreciate it? Everybody else liking it, too. It makes me so happy. But it really is like practicing a new joke in your house in front of your mirror. And hoping for the best when you're in front of the audience. So that's what happened. But it was great. I also um, I'm so glad everybody was just into also just listening to the music when we just played the end of the world song. And then at the end, everybody has a dream and everybody's just kind of sitting there, you know, swaying back and forth and just enjoying just music. And we're just being all together listening to our favorite performer. I feel like it worked the way we were hoping it would work. Yeah, not only that, but like, Dave, you sent me a, a rundown of like how you thought the timing of everything would go. It was like a 90 minute run of the show. And somehow we nailed it completely. Like we just, which I couldn't, I couldn't even believe that like, like how perfect it all worked out. Like it, well, this is, we hit the perfect time. This is what I'm good at. I love scheduling stuff like that. I always have the times in my head that I feel like it's going to work. I'm so happy it worked out perfect too. Yeah, I'm glad that you do that because that's like one thing that I'm not good at. So it's good that you're always I love I'm always like, wait, it. what are we recording today? What's tomorrow? What what's on our schedule? Yeah, no, I had the list and it was really exciting. And I also think we uh unearthed that really interesting John Cougar version of Allentown, which I think people were like, Oh, this is good. You know, when you're showing people who listen to the show some new stuff they never seen before, because we asked, what's better than that? And we're all kind of enjoying it together for the first time. That's fun. Yeah. And what's really cool is one of the videos that you found was like a second shot of Della Rose right. singing Don't Ask Me. Well, not singing, but attempting to sing Don't Ask Me Why on stage. And you had like this cool backstage camera of it also. And after we had the live show, uh, listener Gira Sola Sola Gira actually found a video that Billy Joel posted on his Instagram in August 2018 of Della Rose singing Don't Ask Me Why. That was great. Thank you for sending that. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I'm like, wait, is she singing Don't Tell Me Why? Because I Don't Ask Me Why? Because I, I wasn't sure. I couldn't figure it out at first. And then I realized, wait, she is singing this. It was so funny. Yeah, it's like this is the lost performance that we would have had if she didn't have stage fright at MSG. <laughs> I don't even know. Could you call that stage fright? She was just sitting there like she wasn't fright. Most kids that have stage fright, they're hiding behind their mother. They'll walk away. She was sitting there with that mic looking like she was going to do something almost like I don't have stage fright. I'm just giving a fuck you to the audience. I think it was like shell shock. I <laughs> I'm think not it getting was like paid for this. Fright. So you can go screw yourself <laughs> like that's That's what I got out of it. She's going to be a little prima donna when she grows up, but she's adorable as hell. Yeah, that's right. And I saw there was another video of her and Alexa Ray Joel um, singing happy birthday to Billy Joel in 2019. Yeah. But Alexa Ray was singing too loud. You couldn't. It, it seemed like Della Rose was actually singing, but Alexa Ray had to upstage her. Well, I mean, her one hit song she had is called Notice Me. I don't think that's just uh, by accident. Good point. Anyway, let's go. Uh, so uh, in retro, in, uh, in summation, thank you, everybody. And I'm so glad that uh, you joined us and we'll definitely do it again. Uh, we were thinking probably around December, maybe a little holiday show. And we'll uh, do it again because we we had a great time and uh, I don't mind putting that kind of stuff together. And we would like, you know, let's do it again. Let's do it. Yeah, again. that's a good idea. And and thank uh, you. Thank you so much for joining us. 
And also thank you to uh, just a couple of quick thanks. Geraldine Henley, who joined us from the UK. So, you know, it was very, very cool to have international yeah, people exciting. who were there from, you know, I know it was really late for you, but that was cool. And also we had our friend Gaston Spidey in oh my full God. Spider-Man costume the whole that time. That was great. That was great. And what, what a, he was so funny because he's in the costume, but you could, he, what a great microphone he has. I don't know. He's, he could speak perfectly. He has a great speaking voice. You just weren't expect. you expect it to always be mumbled. <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, it's like, wait, is that really him talking? Uh, yeah. But yeah, his costume's great. His, uh, his room looked great. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for being um, uh, a great guy for this podcast, too, and always promoting it. That's right. We like that a lot. And also thanks to uh, comic Eric Branstein, who helped us with some technical help at the last minute on the Zoom. He sure so. did. He really Ooh. did. Yeah. And uh, Eric is a big Billy Joel fan, and he's also a very funny comic, so you guys should check him out. He's Eric B. Comic. That's Eric with a K on Instagram. Right. So in regards to the F wrap-up, why don't we just do uh, a little ranking of the songs? It's pretty easy for me. Famous Last Words is my new favorite song. I actually made the Spotify playlist. Uh, It's actually, I suppose it's up there now if you look up Billy Joel A to Z. What did I call it? Billy Joel A to Z Hidden Gems, I think. If you look oh, it up cool. on if you look up on Spotify, I think I got six songs there. The ones we spoke about. Ain't No Crime, Blonde Over Blue. Uh Big Man on Mulberry Street. No. Uh the 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 the, the one from Cold Spring Harbor, uh, Everybody Loves You Now, and Famous Last Words. Just put it up. I think there's like six songs. I was thinking about putting Don't Ask Me Why, but it was like, you know, that's like a hit. So it's, it's too much tough, of a hit. Yeah, you can't I still like it. And I can't get the everybody. Uh, everybody has a dream. The version I want. Oh, I put uh, the end of the world. So there's like six songs for now. And obviously, I'll just keep adding them in. And famous last words. Pfft, damn, I loved it. I was actually listening to it in my car yesterday uh, just to listen to the song. I didn't even listen to our our version of it. I just was like, I want to hear this song right now. And I, I really am so uh, another lost gem, I think, or hidden gem, you know, and of course, now that we know the meaning of it at all and the final song he ever recorded, it's, it's really terrific. And then, of course, it would go Falling of the Rain, which I very, very much liked. And then 52nd Street would be I didn't even want to rank it. So uh, <laughs> but what can I do? But yes, uh, I assume your order is similar. Yeah. So my my order is uh, my favorite song was Famous Last Words. Then next was Falling of the Rain, then 52nd Street, and then Fallujah, comma, Christmas Inn. <laughs> I was saying, where's he going with this? He has the exact same order, but he's got a plan, and I'm not going to ruin his joke. Uh, that's really funny. But yes, that was famous. That's where I'm, I love when we finish a letter, and I just found a song that I, am, I can't even wait, just with the ease for sure. Everybody loves you now, and everybody has a dream, the demo version. And the end of the world. My God, I found three songs in that. And, you know, hey, we finish a letter and I can find a brand new song that I'm completely into and want to hear over and over again. This podcast rules. Yeah. And it's not even like a song that we haven't heard necessarily. We're going to hit songs where, yeah, we know the song, but you never really get as in depth as we do with this. Like when we're preparing for a podcast, we're listening to these songs so many times. And that's when it really leaks into your brain. And it's funny. So famous last words. And then when we get into the G's, we've got two more songs that end the albums. So there are 12 Billy Joel studio albums and then uh, Toys in the Attic. I'm kidding. I actually know what it is this time. <laughs> I just decided to say it. 
And we've had seven, after we finished the G's, seven final songs off his album. And there's, there's five left. It's just so strange. In the G's, there's two. One from The Bridge and apparently one from Cold Spring Harbor, as you told me. And yeah. that's, that's so weird. And we've still, with 12 albums, had nothing off going into the G's, nothing off Streetlight Serenade, and one from Stormfront. I'm, it's, it's all coincidence, <laughs> but it's quite fascinating. I mean, this is kind of the fun of doing it in alphabetical order. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, through the G's will probably be at what, like maybe we've gone to 35 or 40 songs total. Yeah, it'll be and over 40, yeah. So, yeah, so let's just say, so seven of them are the final song on an album. So that means some oh, about 16% or 17% of the songs we've done so far are the last song on an album, where it'll the be, last uh, song we'll, on an album is only like 5% or 8% of all of his songs. So that's, you know, statistically, this is very unlikely. It's a lot of coin flips that we're winning here. I just looked it up and at the end of the G's we'll have done 39 songs. Yeah. So it's just strange. Like, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's all just coincidence, but it's kind of funny. So just for a second, uh, let's talk about Alex Sulkin and what a terrific guest he was. You can see it was a pretty long podcast, but when we're having a good time with somebody who not only respects Billy Joel the way we all do, but is a funny guy and really interesting and, I think Elon and I, you know, we've uh, recorded a couple G's already, and we, we, we I, I can't stop thinking about the Family Guy episode where they're making fun of moving out. We've been talking about it nonstop, and where uh, Joe, the policeman, is just like, and you heard when they, they during the moving out, they opened the studio doors, and you can hear car noise. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I can't stop thinking. I mean, I love this guy that he is using his Billy Joel wares, and the fact that he said that the writers know if they put a Billy Joel reference in Seth will like it more. So to try and get Seth to put their stuff in, they do Billy Joel references. I mean, that's awesome. That, that would be a great guest. Obviously if we get Seth McFarlane, but yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently he's even a bigger Billy Joel fan. I don't know him. I know Alec and um, you got to love that. They have this great, really funny cartoon and they're all Billy Joel fans. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, like Family Guy is like this hugely influential cartoon and not just a cartoon, but just like a, one of the funniest shows of the last 20 years. And it has introduced so many people to Billy Joel because of Alex Sulkin liking Billy Joel so much and Seth MacFarlane. Because Alex Sulkin, you know, you know, just want to tell our listeners, like he's the show runner. That's like a very important job. It's not just like a guy who writes for a show like it's, he's the, it's the person in complete charge. Complete charge of the day-to-day of everything, all the decisions. And yes, Seth MacFarlane is like the man of the show, obviously, and the creator, but he's removed from the day-to-day now. And it's really Alex's show. And and so the decision to put Billy Joel music in or make fun of this or that, like it, uh, it all comes down to this guy. And yeah. that's so cool that he so frequently likes to talk about Billy Joel. Yeah, it's great. And I like that he was talking about how, you know, since you guys are, well, you were, of course, are younger and he's a little younger than me. He was talking about, he made a reference that this guy from the 70s was crushing it in the 80s. And I never thought about that before. That's so true. When he said that, I was like, oh, that's so interesting. He's absolutely right. This guy that was very, very popular in the 70s was absolutely crushing it in the 80s. And, you know, the 80s, a lot of people from the 70s just 
you know, unless they went a different direction, take the band Heart, for instance, and we even played a little of them in the Alex Salkin <laughs> one because they did these beans instead of these dreams. Heart is a very good example who were very popular in the 70s. And then they decided to go this other direction where they're going to be a hair band, you know, a glam band, a glam rock band. Mm-hmm. And then they were more popular than they could have ever dreamed, you know, from their stuff in the 70s and became very popular and had very multi-billion dollar successful albums. But a lot of those 70s acts didn't make it to the 80s. You know, they just couldn't. Cry. But it's funny that Billy Joel not being an 80s guy, you know, what we've talked about is timeless stuff is not. 80s you're not sitting there listening to uptown girl and saying this is such an 80s song because <laughs> it's so not and it's fascinating even uh we didn't start the fire you're not thinking that came out in the 80s but you're like i don't picture this with duran duran <laughs> definitely that was a fascinating statement to make yeah it's cool when there's an artist who can sp- who can stay current for as long as they did like for you know for me being even younger than you or alec like i remember you know when river of dreams came out and i was just a little kid basically but you know, for me, Billy Joel was still a current artist. And then you find out that he had this long history in the past, not just the 70s stuff, but for me, the 80s stuff as well was was older. But he here he was still like part of his main career. Same thing with like Tom Petty, like he was putting out big singles and MTV videos in the early 90s that were winning awards on MTV. And yet he had this like long history in the 80s and the late 70s. Well, you know, a lot of that also did have to do with videos. So Billy Joel was all in on videos, as you saw, you know, the all for later that before they were even doing videos, he was like, yeah, let's make a video. So, you know why? Because Paul McCartney's his goddamn hero. McCartney was into that before anybody ever thought of it. He's like, let's film everything. Let's do, let's have some fun. You know, Lennon hated it. And uh, Paul McCartney was like, no, let's do this. And so Billy Joel, Paul McCartney's here. That's why I think that's why there are a lot of videos for him. And remember, I told you those commercials he would make uh, for videos back in the seventies for the albums. He was all in. So when the nylon curtain came out and videos were becoming popular, he was all in on, you know, pressure. I think that was one of his first ones. And I I just remember, like, maybe they weren't even the best, but he was in. And so many of those artists were too full of themselves and they were out like Van Halen never wanted to do videos. But David Lee Roth was like, no, we (laughs) must. And I want to. And you see, after he left the band. They never did videos again. They would just be like, hey, let's have some uh, planes taking off and we'll put some music to it Mm -hmm. or we'll have us in concert. You know, they didn't. Well, until right now, that was a big video. Yeah, but it's not. But it's not. But they still weren't in. They didn't want to do videos. Yeah, they were barely. Joel was one of those people that was all in and, you know, say, let's make some concept videos where a lot of the other bands, even heart is just them pretty much playing guitars. You know, there's no there's no real concept to their videos. Let's dress them up and we'll put them in outfits and play guitar. But Billy Joel always had a plan. Right. He didn't care about being cool. He didn't care that his contemporaries might have thought videos were stupid because uh, he was never you know, he, he was already being panned by critics so much and all this other shit that was going on. He really know. doesn't seem to care about critics. You're so right. You know, it's funny when we talk about all these, you know, these management problems and the way he speaks about stuff. I don't think he ever talks about critics in his music. It's just the management and and women. And uh, yeah, I don't you think you're right. He he is extremely critic proof. And besides that one guy from London, he <laughs> never really seemed to care. And, you know, obviously it reflects in the music. You, you know, I mean, you take a song like We Didn't Start the Fire. It, it, that's clearly a just like, I don't care what anybody thinks. 
I'm doing it anyway. I mean, there, there's no way that a person, a, a, a you know, record executive could say, Billy, this, this is, this is just stupid. There's no way anybody could have said this is going to be huge. Wait, what does it go? Birth control, Ho Chi Minh, Richard Nixon. Back again. Right there. If I was a record executive, I'm going to stop you right there. Are you out of your goddamn mind? No, you know, it's what, funny. That line that he just like said. the wolf is what sells you, idiot. Right. But somehow it worked. Oh, it that works. one line that you just sang from uh, We Didn't Start the Fire. I was just watching 30 Rock on Netflix, and there's a scene where Tracy, Tracy Jordan is dancing around in his green room singing that exact line. And then when it gets to the Richard Nixon, it starts going Richard Nixon, Nixon, Nixon. And then he goes into like a dream with Nixon. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Of well, all the lines, the one that you just sang. Well, that's how it starts the last half. And it starts in 1964. And that's when I was born. So I think I always remember those lines, you know, because it goes from what, 1940 to the present day and in, in that day, 1989. Right. Yeah. Obviously, we will get to that at the very end of the podcast. And there's certainly that might have to be a two parter. I mean, you know what the funny thing is? I, I think that's his biggest song of all time. It's possible. People worship that song. And they just don't stop talking about it. It might be when all is said and done, even though you have Piano Man and Allentown and all that kind of stuff, I think We Didn't Start the Fire might be his greatest song of all time. Like, not just for us or whatever, just the most popular. Everyone yeah. knows it. Again, when they played it on Family Guy, you know, the way Alec was talking about it with the stuff that Peter was eating, you know, even the people that are younger, they, they all seem to know that song. I mean, they were teaching it in school. Well, it's just it's so unique. It's such an oddity. And that's why. So there's so many people who just know Billy Joel from that song and Piano Man and probably nothing else. Yeah. Or they don't yeah. realize that they know the other songs because they just don't really think about who's singing it. And that's why they should listen to this podcast because they'll learn a lot more. Yeah. So we've gotten some really nice uh, feedback again on Instagram on the different songs that we've done in the all three songs in the F's on Falling of the Rain. Matt, the great 546 said good episode about a very overlooked song, which we agree that is an overlooked song because whoever thinks about any song from Cold Spring Harbor. Yeah, exactly. And he also said, I guess we were talking about uh, I guess we're probably doing our December song a bit. (laughs) And uh, he wrote he would be down for blurting out random obscure Billy Joel songs. To potentially get him front row seats at a concert. <laughs> no, that's how you would get kicked out of your front row seats at a concert. It's, it goes the opposite way. Imagine we started a thing where now every concert he has, everyone just ruins it by screaming out every stupid December song. Cross <laughs> to bear. I'm telling you, you've got to see that movie yesterday by the great director, uh, Richard Curtis. Uh, because his uh, while this guy's doing all the Beatles songs, because the, the premise is they don't exist any, in this particular world after he has a uh, an accident, his old his friend still yells out this horrible song that he did back before he you know did all these Beatles songs called Summer Song. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he's always yelling it out, and I keep thinking of you all the time. And even as a banner when he's about to play this concert on the roof, and he's singing, "She was just seventeen. He's got a big banner that says "Summer Song." <laughs> so they actually made a movie about what we're planning. <laughs> uh, also about Falling of the Rain, BU2 Believe said one of the best songs on the album that's surprisingly in the key of F major. Uh-huh. Why is that surprising? I don't know music enough. I don't really know either. I don't know. We've all decided that uh, D minor is the saddest of all keys. So I don't know. I guess there are not a lot of songs in F major. 
Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll go with that. Famous last words. M. Keen, 1526, said easily the best song of his later albums. Great end to a great songwriting career. Yeah, man, I'm all in. Yeah, I just put it on the list, man. I put it on the damn list. I can't believe I, you know, obviously, like, you know, I definitely heard it before. It's not like Cold Spring Harbor or, or the ones I'm going to get from Street Life Serenade, but which, again, I'm so excited. I love doing this podcast. I love not having heard Falling of the Rain before. It's so exciting. But famous last words, man, that is good. I love it. Yeah. The, boot, the beat is good. The rhythm, the lyrics. Just and makes you feel again, good. And it makes you feel good. It's a great swan song with, uh, with that's it. It really does sum up a guy that writes really good music. Yeah. One thing that um, Smurfy Pyrex 98 said was that she was very glad that in this episode for Famous Last Words, we acknowledged um, that we sometimes neglect to focus on Billy Joel's superior abilities as a lyricist because in that episode we talked a lot about the lyrics which we think are awesome and uh we've been working on that i think we've been getting more in depth with the uh lyrics. well it depends on the situation i think you know i mean some songs are just good because we want to talk about the songs but then there are things like that you want songs called famous last words why wouldn't we go over the (laughs) the the actual last words and because it's such a prolific you know song in that sense it was uh smart to go over so there's a couple of those that I guess probably uh, coming up, I think we have Goodnight Saigon. We'd probably maybe go over a couple of those, you know, the mm-hmm. ones where maybe you're not so familiar with the words. You, it's not really necessary to go over the words in Piano Man. We all know them. So, yeah, we just mix yeah. it up, mix it up. Yeah. Thank you for uh, saying that, though. That uh, makes us happy, of course, that we're doing the right thing. And then Joshua Leibowitz said, this is a particularly excellent episode about an underrated track. So people really like the song a lot. What's he doing for Rosh Hashanah? it's okay we're jews too (laughs) um and then what i was really dreading was what people would say about 52nd street because of the whole issue of it not being the first song we ever did that we put it in the f's would we get some flack for that and actually we got none nobody cares it was all a big nothing yeah elon they they're they're all in on your decision to uh you know do all these ridiculous songs in this crazy order I know 52nd Street isn't one of them, but yeah, I, I think everybody at this point realizes we will sooner or later get to Down Easter Alexa. <laughs> and I think <laughs> and that one. Sooner, you, mean, you mean later, later. Yeah, I, I, I get the feeling that I'm so looking forward to that one. I get the feeling that's going to be on my my Spotify list, even though it's a hit. I miss it. Yeah, I love that definitely song. miss it when we do it in uh, June 2023. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we did get a nice comment from Joshua Leibowitz again about 52nd Street. He said, I agree with your ultimate decision not to start off the podcast with the lackluster 52nd Street track. I live on 52nd Street and as a huge Billy Joel fan, have tried over many years to get myself to like this track, but just can't seem to do so. Not sure how anyone can rank it at 78 or 79. Then he said, we're so on point on why 52nd Street won the Grammy rather than The Stranger. And as always, he appreciates the podcast and wishes us continued success. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, it yeah. is funny about 52nd Street. It's like when we keep talking, I mean, here we are talking about, and, and again, here we, what, what are we talking about? It's a famous last word, 52nd Street, two ends of the albums again. It's, it's unbelievable. You just can't get away from it. Yeah, famous last words. This is 52nd Street, obviously, wasn't thinking about how I'm going to end my albums at that point, clearly. But, uh, you know, what a, if you compare them, we're talking about the F's, then Famous Last Words just blows 52nd Street out of the water as a final 
song you know it's just it's, it's being a joke and uh, i know what he's talking about because i live in the 50s also and uh, <laughs> i want that song to be better too <laughs> yeah that's your anthem <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think the reason people ranked in, in the high 70s is because of the album it was on. If you took 52nd Street and stuck it on Stormfront, it would be one of the lowest rated songs for sure. It got a lot of points for being on a great album. You know, what I've been thinking about how I'm going to rank stuff when we finish, that that could be 121. <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll find worse stuff for sure. I'm sure. So, Dave, what do we have coming up to look forward to in the G's? Well, at least we have about six songs. Oh, wait, five. We got five songs. At least, you know, it's better than what we had so far. So we have uh, Get It Right the First Time. Oh, I love it. The Stranger. You didn't do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, and that's the main thing. That's right. Very looking forward to that. At least we have another song. We have Getting Closer, which is another last song. Unbelievable. Uh, Good Night Saigon, which I am not looking forward to uh, just because it's so goddamn sad. Got to Begin Again, which is another last song. <laughs> uh, you told me off Cold Spring Harbor. And then we have a unreleased track called Great Ships and Great Oceans. I have never heard that in my life. And I am looking forward me to neither. reviewing it. I never, yeah, I've never heard of it. I've never heard the song. I give heard it 50, of the song. 50 50 odds that it winds up on your playlist. Okay. Yeah. I'll take those odds. I just feel like it. it's unreleased. I'm not sure where you get them from. You know, it. Unfortunately, I think those tracks, if they're not on the My Lives album, I can't put them on the playlist. Like you told me, I can't put it on Spotify. That's the worst part. Oh, yeah, it's a whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, in spirit. And also, uh, let's just say our guest in the G's, there was no option, is comedian Gary Goldman. <laughs> I mean, it was just, <laughs> how do you not have this guy as the G's? He's a huge Billy Joel fan. He's got this wonderful HBO uh, comedy special called The Great Depression. He's going to be at Carnegie Hall, where Billy has played before coming up. I guess we'll be able to promote that. I don't think it'll happen before. Yeah, that's happening in October or maybe right. November. Yeah. So he's going to be terrific. He's an amazing comedian. We're lucky to have him on the podcast. We had no idea he was a huge Billy Joel fan and he's going to come on. So we are very much looking forward to sharing the G's in Billy Joel's illustrious career with you. That is right. So uh, thanks again for uh, sticking with us through these first six letters of the alphabet we are getting there it feels like we're getting so close to the end what are you I, saying I don't want... we're getting closer oh there we Ooh. go <laughs> if anyone ever names a song <laughs> we have to start screaming so as always please go and uh, subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already tell your friends about the podcast if you think they like billy joel let them know that we're doing some good stuff here and always follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z for all of the latest news from Billy Joel. That's right. A to Z. <laughs> anyway, until next time, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Jusko. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Randall's the king and I and the catcher in the right. <laughs>